You're listening to the King's Church Podcast. Visit us online at kingswisbeach.org.uk. Hello and welcome to Friday Conversations. My name's Matt. And I'm Fiona. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, we are both from the King's Church in Wisbeach and this is what we call Friday Conversations. And the whole idea is um, we'll be chatting um, about a, a given topic to help us with our discipleship but it's not a conversation just between us is it Fiona? No, no, the idea is that other people can join in um, and type in if they've got any questions or any comments that they want to make and we will pick that up on our screens and try to respond to it. Yeah, so if, if you watch, well you are watching on YouTube because this is where this is happening, um, there's a live chat function um, either at the bottom of your screen or to the side. It depends what device you're using. But there is a live chat function. And if you're logged into YouTube, you can use that um, to type in um, any questions or comments that you may have. Um, and of course, you can also read what other people are typing in as well. Yeah. So please feel free to do that. And today, so we are looking at a series at the moment um, over the period of Lent. Um, which is 40 days or so leading up to Easter. And we are using this book, The Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent. And each week is split into a different topic. And the whole idea of The Prison Letters is um, Paul, when he wrote some of the books of the Bible. Well, we call them books of the Bible today, but they were originally letters. Letters that he wrote from prison. Which he wrote whilst he was in prison, hence the prison letters. And so the themes have been gathered from those letters he's written to the various churches um, whilst he was in prison. And so this week, week two, we are looking at the idea of unity. Yes. Why is unity an important theme, Fiona? Why does the Bible talk about unity quite a lot? Well, I suppose when you, if you go right back to the very beginning of creation, um, the whole aim is that everything be in harmony together. And, and that's the way God originally created things. And he created people to be in harmonious relationship with him and with each other to reflect his nature. And the fact that um, rebellion and sin has caused it all to go wrong means that the one thing that is most difficult nowadays is keeping that harmony, that, um, well, the love, I suppose, basically for each other. That's always the, the thing it called, you know, division means that um, things all go wrong. And so you know, when, when we're reading all through scripture where we've got God's whole salvation plan for bringing things back into kilter and back as they were meant to be, it's to bring things back into harmony together. Um, and you know, we, we can read all through the scriptures this long, long story of God's plan to redeem what he originally created. And, uh, and well, as we'll come to a bit later on, you know, Jesus really focused on the fact that we need to be one with each other as well as with him. So it's a very, very important theme in the scriptures. And it's, it's that love and unity which is meant to be the declaration to the world of how different his kingdom is to the kingdom of this world that we're living in most of the time. So yeah, it's a very, very clear one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Well, I guess the first, the first sort of day of this section um, starts with Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 10. So I'll just, I'll just read that, and then we'll take it from there. So verse 7, da, 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 that's 8, verse 7. There. In him we have redemption through his blood, that's Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Yes. And of course, the, this particular chapter in your book um, talks about God's plan. And actually, the, the particular translation I've got here, the um, English Standard Version, puts that more clearly, you know, that aspect yeah. of it. Making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Yeah. So yes, the idea that actually God has a plan here, and the plan is to unite everything in Christ and everyone. And that has already begun. Yes. I think this is, this is what, what um, one of the things I was trying to get across in the book is that the unity spoken about in the Bible isn't some, yes, the fulfillment, the ultimate fulfillment, mm -hmm. the ultimate sort of living in, yeah. in harmony without sin and, and mm -hmm. in the new heaven and new earth, that's still to come. But actually, because Jesus has already completed his work on the cross, if we are in Christ, yeah. If we are engaging in God's overall plan of salvation, actually that unity is already ours. It's not something we have to strive to achieve, but I do think it is something sometimes we have to strive to maintain. Well, that's right, and to cooperate with. And, and as you say, yes, you've got the final goal when it's all clear and evident and the plan is fulfilled. But if... Um, if we are people who are called according to that purpose, then actually that's what we need to be doing now. You know, drawing together, not splitting apart. You know, seeking to, to build um, relationship rather than to foster division. Mm, mm. Mm. And sadly, there is division mm. um, in, in the church. Um, what, what do you think causes division and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about it can be on both levels because I hope I hope as you've been reading um, especially this section on unity um, that you've been reading and under seeing it in two levels because of course there's the one level which is sort of you and me yes. we're in the same church yeah. it's individual it's That's personal right. yeah so there's yes. that level yeah. and and often I find People just read that immediately and just think, well, mm. unity is all about me and my personal relationship. Mm. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But also, there's this wider view of unity in the church, in the body mm. of Christ, which isn't just you and me in our mm. little corner. Mm -hmm. It's actually the church more widely. So different denominations within a yeah. given area or even 
globally or or diff different groupings within you know a locality. Yeah, so yeah. so it's working on this this idea mm. of unity works on all those different yes. levels. So yeah. as we explore this, keep that in mind that yes, it's me personally with my friend next to me, but mm. it's also on a wider level as well. It's sort of a, right. a a bird's eye view of yeah. wider church relations. Yes, that's right. I mean, you you. Um you underline the fact uh, on page 20 of the book here, you know, that when, when Paul's writing these letters, you know, to, to the Philippians or to the Colossians or to the Galatians or, or whoever, he actually addresses them to, the, to the, the saints or the church in that town, not just sort of a particular group in, in a particular denomination. It actually, the King's Church. In fact, all... <laughs> All those Everybody who disciples believes. of Jesus mm. in that town are the church in that town. Mm. It's not. It isn't even just a sort of a you know a bunch of congregations having occasional united services. It is actually speaking to the whole church and recognizing that you know it's like within Wisbeach, you know not not every member of the church meets in the same place on a Sunday morning, but actually every every member of the body of Christ in Wisbeach is part of the church in Wisbeach mm. and uh, you know I, I think it's very important to understand there is actually only one church mm. which is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ mm. and you know there aren't sort of umpteen churches that um, you know can have nothing to do with each other because they're actually all about the personal tastes or thoughts and, and ideas of the people involved actually the whole thing is about Jesus and the life of Jesus being expressed through his people in community and, and that as you say it's at every level it's at the one-to-one -one level it's in the group level it's in the inter um, intergroup level it's international um, from every tribe and tongue and nation mm. and that that's Recognizing, you know, that everybody who belongs to Jesus is my brother or my sister. Mm, mm. Yeah. So, over to you. Do you agree with this? Mm. Does this ring true with you? Do do you find this quite a difficult thing to 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 grapple with? Um, you know, in some churches they say "Amen" if they if they agree with something. So, if you agree with it, type in some "Amens" um, on the live chat. Um, if you don't agree with it, well, ex explain and tell us and, and you know, interact. Um, but here's a question for you to think of at home that you can type your answers in. Um, what makes it easy or difficult to view the collection of local churches in your area as being the church rather than a group of different churches? So what makes this easy or difficult to have this view of... Mm. A unite a church being more united more widely mm. is, is it easy for you is it difficult for you and can you identify why that is so mm. we'd love to hear your thoughts on the chat on that we'll read some of those out we'll give you a while to start typing it we'll, we'll, we'll carry on with our discussion then we'll come back to to some of those responses mm. so just before we sort of broke away there we, we I was just asking um, Unity can be hard to maintain. Why do you think this is? Well, I suppose it, it boils down to um, the difficulties of relationships between imperfect people. Yeah, I was going to say fallen nature. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's people, it's us, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
I used to work in a school and, and well, not quite the same, but it was like, you know, I would say, oh, it's great teaching the kids. It's the parent. You know, the kids would be great without parents because that's where a lot of the problems would come from in, in, in the position that I was in. Uh, and then, you know, ministry would be fantastic if it wasn't full of people because <laughs> people come with baggage and problems and, you know, yes. backgrounds and histories and yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. So, and of course people have different personality types and mm. some people you you get on with some people you don't get on with mm. some people it's it's quite an effort to try yeah. and yeah. you know get along with them and and that's just yeah well that that's the state it. of being a person yes yes and so often you know we well, obviously there are some people you instinctively get on with, you happen to, you know, you gel, you have similar interests, similar ways of understanding things. And then there are other people where it's much more difficult because they're not interested in the same thing or they see things very differently and, and they're anxious to um, have it their way and you're anxious to have it your way. Well, that can be, obviously it's going to bring a clash then. You know? I think what Keith has said, I want to pick up what Keith has said, um, he's just said unity is difficult because I am always right and they are not <laughs> and actually that that is quite prevalent in society today mm. it it that idea is increasing more and more in general society mm. in the terms of I have the right to my own opinion mm. and you think well yes okay yeah you do mm -hmm. but where it starts going awry is and because I have this right to my own opinion, I'm going to shout it as loud as I can at the top of my voice mm -hmm. and everybody has to agree with me mm -hmm. because it's my opinion. Yeah. And if you don't agree with me, mm -hmm. well, you, you're the most evil person in the world and I'm going to silence you and I'm going to do yeah. all these horrible, nasty things to you because you don't agree with my point of view. Yeah. And until you come round to agreeing with my, or at least say that you agree with mm -hmm. me, even if you don't really, but you're just saying mm -hmm. it, then, you know, mm -hmm. then, then I'll, that, that's around yeah. quite well, a lot right. these days. Yes, I mean, you either get the sort of the very aggressive and rude um, sort of cancel culture thinking yeah. you know, where nobody's allowed to disagree or else you get people basically just dismissing oh well if you don't agree with me you must be a bit stupid really so you know that that sort of um, rather patronizing superior attitude that some people have you know that it's um, yeah yeah all sorts of things come into it but but at the bottom line learning that there might be more than one way of looking at something or that there might actually be valid differences of opinion, or that maybe there, you know, maybe there is a right and wrong in something, mm. but but we need to understand why, and you mm. know, we need to be willing and to explore. Well, I'm, it's funny when, when we were much younger, there used to be a little cartoon series um, called Love Is, and there were two, these two little car cartoon characters, and you know, all the sort of little sayings what love is, and anyway, that there was this bit, love is when when deciding what is right is more important than deciding who is right. That's good. Mm -hmm. And of course, we can find that in Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's where you find what is right. Yes. Is in Jesus. And that's why we can be unified around Christ and yeah. in Christ because of Christ. Exactly. You see, because when Paul talks about, you know, God's plan to unite all things in him, in other words, when ultimately the kingdom comes on earth as in heaven, the king will be there and he, because it is his kingdom, 
he actually will be saying this is what is good this is what is evil and by then you know we won't have those disagreements which arise because because we we don't quite hear him perfectly at least it, there'll be no question about what he's actually saying yeah. and given that all of, all of his body is, is people who love him and, and are following him even if we've got some things wrong but once once it's clear well you go with what he says because mm. let's face it you know if there's a and disagreement between us and him guess who has to change we've been talking quite a lot just now about agreeing mm. so here's another question for you oh we're going to come and look at these questions yeah, in a minute but here's another question for you that I'll then answer after we've read through the comments um, does unity mean we all have to agree with each other on everything does unity equal agreeing what do you think I'm just having a quick look here on what people have said yes, um, about some of the other stuff yeah, on. yeah quite a lot of contributions have come yeah. in yeah yeah shall I read some yeah please yeah, do yeah. well Keith's putting it, if the leaders get on it's much easier to see the unit which I think certainly at church into church level that's very definitely important, the leaders have Friendship to be on board between yeah, leaders yeah is very important I agree. and respect between leaders is very important uh, Anna putting because people are annoying that's why it's difficult <laughs> um, and, and the bit you already read from Keith you know unity is difficult because I'm always right and they're not mm. um, and Alan's putting here and disunity arises when everyone has that view yeah yeah yeah. And your wife has put in a comment here, Matt. Yeah. Yes, it's very easy to feel like they are behaving in an unchristian manner, so how can we get along? It feels like I'm doing things <coughs> the right way and they're not. It feels like that. Yeah. And when you're family, you can disagree but still carry on together and not let disagreements spoil the relationship. That's a very. Hmm. So that, that's sort of my second question, yeah. really, in answer to that. So, yeah, I think. In church, and, and there's, we've just been mentioning some of the fundamentals mm. that we have to agree on. Because mm. to be in the family of God, you have to agree that Jesus is God's son, that well, he died, he rose again, he's paid for us. Well, yes, that's you the can't basics. be a Christian if you don't believe in Jesus. Exactly. So th there are some things that there needs to be agreement on mm. yes. for that bond of unity to be in Christ in the first place. Mm. But then... There are other issues and other things where there will be some disagreement, mm -hmm. but we can still live and work in unity, mm -hmm. even if we disagree on, mm. I don't know, baptism by full immersion or sprinkling, mm. or you know, how, how does one take communion? Is it one loaf of bread or is it little wafers? Yeah. Or is it in one yeah. cup or several cups? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, yeah. there, there's all these little mm. bits and bobs that you can get bogged down yes. in the detail yeah. of it all. And, and some things which are not that, are not as clear in Scripture, what Paul calls the disputable matters, you know, where actually genuine Christians may disagree because usually it's talking about things that haven't happened yet and yeah. therefore people, you know, want to get it all cut and dried and you can't because, you know, until we see it, then it'll become much more clear. Mm. But. But yes, I suppose one of the things as well about the disagreeing bit, it's important to respect people however strongly you hold your own opinion. But there's also the fact, and perhaps this is where the disputable bits come in, that also nobody has the whole 
picture. picture. And actually, if our desire is to grow in maturity, to become more like Jesus, to understand his purpose better, and for it to be working out in our lives better, then we actually need to be open to learning. We need to be open to learning from each other. We need to be open to exploring, well, why do you think differently from me? Well, let me explain how I understand it. Let's hear what you do. And maybe together we might come to a clearer understanding. Mm. And this is something that, that Hugh Osgood, our friend Hugh Osgood, mm. um, has said in his new book, is kindness mm. killing the church. Um, mm. It's all about church unity. Mm. And the whole argument is amongst interchurch relationships, um, are we just trying to, oh, well, I'll do this just because it's the kind thing to do and kind mm -hmm. of sidestep issues, sk mm -hmm. stick stuff under the carpet and, not, you know, just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, and In it'll other go words, away. You have a very superficial. It's a very superficial. Unity. And what he says is actually that the unity that we have in Christ is robust enough mm -hmm. to cope with. Yes differing views and different opinions and you can still have unity yeah. even with that tension that's okay yes. yes and actually if you if you're afraid to talk to anybody who disagrees with you and or, or afraid to upset someone as well sometimes well, yes, or afraid to upset them that's I suppose that's the other thing it would suggest you're not as secure in in what you believe as, as you think you are and, and well, I don't know about you, but I mean, obviously, I'm a bit more long in the tooth than you. There have been issues through my life where actually my opinion has changed because with further information and further understanding, I realize, oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And so I've, something has been added into my understanding that I didn't have before. And sometimes something has had to go out of the picture because I discover I wasn't right. Yeah. You know, and, and I believe if, if our desire is to know what is right, rather than to sort of, you know, try and get the security of feeling, well, I, well you know, nobody can, nobody can challenge me, then, then actually we can learn together and we can grow together. And one day, you know, we will come into the full maturity, which is the complete reflecting of the nature of Jesus. I've written something somewhere, I've forgotten where it is along those lines. Uh. Well, if you can't find it in your own book, I'm no, well, I know it's I know it's in here somewhere. <laughs> what other notices? Other people have been commenting. Can you read yeah, some yeah, of those out while I'm looking yes, for it? Okay. Well, Andy McAdams put this: If we all agree with each other, life would be very boring. <laughs> uh, Verity again: When you disagree or have upsets, it's important not to run away from it or from the person or the church, because that often feels like the easiest option, but it's not actually behaving in a loving way. It is, it is true when, um, I remember it was Arthur Wallace said in one of his books, you know, that when, when disputes arise between brothers, of course, the, the Bible tells us we need to go and talk to the brother. Yeah, we'll, dispute, we'll deal with that but, after the break, you know, I think. It says, if you refuse to confront your brother, it's not that you're being kind, actually you are rejecting your brother. And, and I think that's really important that we understand that, you know. Um, mm -hmm. Verity again, yes, a humble and teachable spirit is so important. And Keith says, some of the best conversations I've ever had are with people who think totally differently to me. I learn more or have to think more then than when people agree with me. Mm. I found that bit, so it's oh, in right. day seven on page 26, the other bottom. So it's just sort of finishing off 
the thought. It says, taking the idea of partnership one step further, if we are wanting to partner with fellow Christians and churches to further the kingdom of God and to share the good news of the gospel with others, we need to ensure that another all-important partnership is healthy and strong, which is our relationship with Jesus. Mm. The church is the bride of Christ. We are supposed to be in an intimate partnership with Him. Just as Paul acknowledges that his partnership with Philemon is based upon their shared love of Jesus, mm. it is this relationship that is central for us as well. As we build our relationship with Jesus, allowing Him to lead us and guide us, we will be amazed that as we work together in partnership with others who are also obediently following Jesus with all their hearts, mm. we all end up moving in the same direction together. Yes. It is our love of Jesus that makes unity in the church possible. Mm. And if there is a problem with the unity between the people in our churches, let us encourage one another to first and foremost get our relationships with Jesus sorted out. Mm. And may this begin with us. Yeah, yes. And that's the bottom line, it's being willing for it to begin with me, which means I have the responsibility to do what will, what will bring harmony and unity. Um, even, even if other people aren't doing it, I have that responsibility. And it's having that humility that's to right. accept. And it's that old saying, isn't it, that when, when you point a finger, one finger's pointing at the person and, and you've got yep. three, three pointing, pointing back, back at yeah. yourself. Yeah. But it's true, mm. it, you know, rather than pointing fingers, mm. start with us yeah. rather than... But that's quite costly. Oh, yeah. And that, that, I think that's it's not easy. Thing. Well, it's one of the reasons it can be very difficult, the maintaining of relationships, is because actually it feels, um, it feels very difficult to actually approach somebody who, who either has, you know, um, for some reason fallen out with you or who is in disagreement with you or there's an issue that you really know, need, you know we need to thrash out. People can be very afraid to, um, to expose themselves to the possible rejection that's involved in um, in talking the thing through, you know. mm. or as, as as Hugh was saying, perhaps a little bit afraid of upsetting them. But then, is the reason I'm afraid of upsetting them the fact that then they might not like me? I don't know. Mm. Is that is that the issue really? Yeah. You know that we need to stop worrying what other people will think of us, and actually start reaching out more across that divide. Mm. Well, it's already halfway. Oh, goodness. Can you believe it? <laughs> we are going to go for a break in just a moment. Um, whilst the break is happening, we've got a notices and a song. Um, here's a question for you to be thinking about and for you to be typing your responses in during the break. Um, a, a good positive one. Can you identify any positives or, or bonds of unity that already exist between local churches in your area. So mm -hmm. can you give any examples or, or, or can you identify any positive things that, that happen um, within your local area between the churches? So we'll see you in a few moments um, after these notices and the song. Hello, welcome back. Um, this is the second half of 
Friday Conversations, I'm Matt, I'm here with Fiona, we're talking about the Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent, which is based on letters that Paul wrote while he was in prison um, to Ephesians, to the Philippians, to the Colossians, and to Philemon as well. So there are key themes from those books that have been drawn out in the book, and this week's theme is that of unity. So that's what we're carrying on yeah. talking about now together. Um, before the break, we spent quite a long time talking about um, unity, sort of inter-church unity, the importance of mm-hmm. um, having you know, the church leaders involved in, in pursuing you. We want to just zoom in a little bit more now to the sort of the interpersonal level. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a story in um, Philippians that Fiona's going to read for us. Yeah. Okay. Yes, Paul, when he's writing to the church in Philippi, um, actually homes it into two particular people here. I urge you, Odia, and I urge Suntuke to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Okay, so, obviously Euodia and Suntuke were falling out in some way. Um, even though they're both obviously working together in the same church for the same purpose, but somehow they're not getting on. We don't know the details, so there's, you know, there's no bits of juicy gossip here. It's just, which is just as well, because obviously these sort of situations are always different in their detail, but the same fundamental things going on. So, over to you. Yeah, well. <laughs> Just Paul's urging them to to reconcile, isn't he? He's, yeah. he, he he asks a fellow Christian to come alongside and help mm. restore That's the relationship right. between the two yes. of them. I mean, he he says to them, "Be of the same mind in the Lord." Mm. So obviously, this is one of the fundamental causes of division: is when we're not in the same mind in the Lord. Does that necessarily mean that we have to have the same opinions? Mm. What, what does it mean to be in the same mind in the of the same mind in the Lord? Mm. You know, what, how would you define that? Yeah, that, that's an interesting question. What do you think? Mm. What does it mean to be in the same mind in the Lord? Mm. Yeah, because because um, obviously within any human relationships, you know, people will be different in yeah, their of approach course. to things. But the fact that it's of the same mind in the Lord, actually the, the first focus he's saying for these two women is, you need to actually listen to what Jesus is saying to you. What does, what does he feel about what's going on here? Yeah, that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's, mm. it's, it's like, like I read a bit earlier on that we need to be following Jesus mm-hmm. and saying what's yeah. What's you, what are you saying? What's your will? Yeah. And then being willing to change yes. if needs be. And actually realizing that when we talk about being of the same mind in the Lord, it means I need to have the same attitude to this sister, this brother, whoever, yeah. that he has. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of it, you know, that so often what we'd really like is for the Lord to take our side in the dispute. And, you know, for him to kind of come along and make them see, I mean, I don't know about you, but, you know, over a lot of years, sometimes I've heard people praying and they're saying, 
well, one person comes to mind who's no longer with us, but frequently when praying, she would, praying for people, say, could you just point this out to them, Lord? Could you point out to them this, these following facts? And I'm thinking, mm, in other words, you know, could the Lord sort of come along and get in on your agenda for them? Which, of mm. course, isn't quite the same thing as, um, as coming to the Lord and saying, what do you think about it? And more importantly still, what do you feel about it? You know, when, when you see two people whom you've loved enough to lay down your life for, and they're at loggerheads or, or sort of looking daggers at each other or backbiting against each other, how does that feel to him? Mm. You know, these are both people he loves. Yeah. You know, and, and, and if we can begin to realize that, that actually it matters to him, because that other person who's either, you know, getting on your nerves or really hurting you or really upsetting you, actually is somebody that he thought was worth dying for. Mm. Well, when you begin to see them that way, it kind of alters your heart attitude toward them. You may not, you know, you may still disagree on what color the curtains should be or, you know, or something perhaps rather more important than that. But fundamentally, you see that person yeah. as somebody who's valuable and precious to him. And therefore, I need to see them as valuable and precious too. And I need to treat them with respect mm. um, and, and try to find a way through if there's mm. a dispute. You know, or if I'm hurt, not, you know, I don't need to go off and backbite about them or, or, um, you know, or, or lash out at them. What I actually need to do is to be willing to to come and say, you know, I'm upset, please can we, and, and maybe I'll have to apologize too, if, yeah. if it turns out that, you know, well actually I was upset with you. Yeah. If we're actually open to being um, possibly in the wrong somewhere, mm. or we're willing to even expose the fact that we're upset, because often I think people get upset, but they don't realize the other person didn't actually mean to upset them. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. often sort of think, you know, the average Christian doesn't wake up in the morning thinking, who can I offend today? Yeah. Yeah. But inevitably, we all will sometimes upset someone. So it's yeah. really important at that time that we, when we need to communicate. Yeah. Mm. She has something from the book that um, I wrote in the same chapter as this, um, you, you earlier in Sintichi bit. So, whether I'm trying to show love to someone, to disagree agreeably, choosing not to take offense or I'm doing my best to bear with someone I can't control how they will behave towards me no. they may not be in the same place as me spiritually guess my little tongue-in-cheek bit in brackets or not afraid the same devotional as me haha <laughs> yeah where they are in their relationship with Jesus and how they react to situations is up to them mm. my relationship with Jesus and my behavior is up to me. Yeah. I cannot use how someone else reacts towards me as an excuse for my own bad behavior. No. It mm. starts with me. Mm. It is up to us to model the way Jesus has asked us to live, regardless of whether the other person we are finding difficult does so or not. Mm. Yeah. And it's also possible, wise to consider that we might be in the wrong and that the other person may also be finding us extremely difficult as well. Yes. But, but just that whole point of um, when there's conflict, mm. it's so easy to say, oh, well, I'm going to behave badly or I, I have the right to kick yeah. off and be cross yes. and yeah. 
yeah. because they did this they and made they, me they made it. me do it and <laughs> how else did you expect me to re react and all yeah. this kind of thing when actually our behavior is our responsibility yeah and just because somebody else might be behaving badly mm. it doesn't mean that now all of a sudden we've got carte blanche to just you know yeah. kick off as well mm. So yes. we and 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 that's the whole thing about living in a in a in a Christ-like way, and hopefully, with both being Christians, hopefully both will be trying to yeah. <laughs> to reconcile yeah. on, on each side. That that's yeah. the, it doesn't yeah. always work that way, no. but hopefully. No, and also in in that same bit, this bit about you know the 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 loyal companion. I think it was true yoke fellow or something in the other translation I read that. That actually he's appealing to some, someone else um, who he calls his loyal companion. In other words, he's asking a, a trusted friend to help them to get reconciled. And I think yeah. that, that's another thing within, within our, um, our church fellowship. We need to be trying to help bring reconciliation when people are falling out rather than taking sides and, you know, egging and them end, on and or ending up with a whole church split. Yeah, yeah. Um, that really the, the, what he's saying is, you know, these women, they've both struggled beside me and they've got, it's a basically true, true companion, you know, my friend. I love both these women. They've both worked with me. They're really devoted Christian women. Um, and they've worked with me and Clement and the rest of the co-worker. You know, basically all the names are in the book of life. Can you help them to sort out their differences? And I think sometimes, see, again, Jesus, told us this you know if you can't sort it out just between you and your brother then take a couple of witnesses along not other people who also find them difficult <laughs> but other people who can come and hear both of you and help you both to hear each other that's that's the point that you know this ministry of reconciliation that's how you promote unity by trying to bring reconciliation between mm. people who are falling out yeah. whether it's individually or on a global national level i've got a good mm. question All from right. verity here she says, so what about when we disagree with our leaders? Is it better to move to a different church where we can agree, or should we stick it out? What do you reckon? It will depend on the nature of where the disagreement is, won't it? You know, if, if, it's, that, um, if it's that rank heresy is being thrown out, um, then obviously, I, I would always say to go, to go and try and speak to the person. Oh, exactly. Speak to the person. Yes. Actually go to that leader and mm -hmm. say, you know, have I understood this correctly? Yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Whatever. But if, if it's something to do with, I don't know, the, the chairs were red and now they've been recovered and now they're blue and, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm upset by this, so I've disagreed with my leader because now they're red and mm -hmm. they must have chosen that colour or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's not a gospel issue, is it? No, no. Or, or, you know, well, the, the kind of songs I like to sing aren't quite the ones that we sing very often, so, you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. Actually, yeah. those sorts of things are, are petty. Well, yes. And we, and we have to realise that ch the church isn't our personal club. And we're actually we're, in the church to that, serve other well, people. Exactly. And so we're, are the leaders. Yes, and, and exactly. Now, and I think that's the point. I, I think it's important to realise that, you know, leaders, as all the rest of the church, are still um, works in progress. So it is entirely possible that somebody could be upset. And 
And the same principle applies as with anybody else you're upset with. If it's a personal upset, go to them. Yeah. Chances are they didn't actually want to upset you. Yeah. You know, um, and, and you can probably sort it out. But, but it's important to go and address the issue. And address the issue. But if it's a much bigger issue, mm. that's almost it's a gospel issue. You know, it's, mm. it's the Bible clearly says, don't do this or whatever mm. it may yeah. be. And the leader's saying, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. You know, God's full of love and forgiveness. You yeah. can do what you like yeah. or whatever it is. Mm. Um, that's more serious than the color of the chairs. Well, yes, exactly. And it's more... Well, I, I suppose, yeah, in answer to what Verity is asking, I say, if, if this is purely a personal relationship matter, don't leave, go and sort it go out. Go and sort yeah. it out. If, if, you, if you're just upset, you know, because yeah. you feel that you've been, I don't know, insulted or overlooked or something, then go and sort it out, just like you would with anyone else. And if you still can't, then take a couple of people along to hear you both. It's, it's very important. Um, Again, going back to what Jesus says, you know, um, sorry, what Paul's saying. When you come to, um, if it's or if it's actually an allegation of something grossly wrong and immoral, you know, which obviously is a very different matter. That it's even more important that the principle Jesus gave about, um, you know, first of all, you talk to your brother, then you go with some witnesses. If you still can't persuade it, then you come before the whole church with the witnesses, so that. Um, so that it can be sorted out. Now, one of the things Paul says is that you're not to allow any charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. He's not saying that you've got a whole bunch of people to say, we don't like you, we're voting you out. What it means is that actually there is a serious dispute and, and you have confronted it and you have actually tried to sort it out with, but, there's, but it's still an issue and so now it has to come before the whole church. That's a very different matter from, you know, I don't like as you say his choice of songs or something so therefore I'm leaving that's petty and th and that implies that you haven't understood what church is about yeah. but but yes also if it's a matter of as you say a gospel issue actually that you know there's there's a question of of truth and 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 your whole vision and purpose is not so on the, the same path in that instance yeah. it might be right to leave yes that church yes yeah well yes exactly if if you're you have to be where the Lord has called you to be and you have to be pursuing the truth that, that, yeah. that you know and living in it. So, yes, yeah. that's uh, somebody else sort of said once, you know, if, if you're in a church that appears to be not moving anywhere, you know, the question is, are you hot enough to melt the ice cube or sitting on the ice cube, will it freeze you? And that's when yeah, you yeah, make yeah. your decision. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, one of the verses um, in Colossians I really like, which kind of helps to answer a lot of this stuff, is in Colossians 3, 11 to 17. Um, do you want to read it in your translation? Yeah, okay. Yes. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you almost so must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. 
and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Mm. So that, that's, that's a great answer, I think, to you know, how do we live in unity with each other? How do we do it? This yeah. is how. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Putting on love. Yeah. Bearing with each other. Preferring yeah. one another. Forgiving yes. each other. And that putting on doesn't mean pretending. It means actually clothing, clothing yourself. yourself. It's the garments that you put on, you know, that, that you clothe yourselves with. It's, as I say, not sort of you mm. know, putting on a... Worshipping with each other, <laughs> encouraging each other. Exactly, yeah. yes. And as you're focusing on, on him and worshipping him, actually you're drawn together. And I've often found that it's been the case that sometimes, you know, when, with people that I've found it difficult to relate to, sometimes the way the Lord sorts the attitude is, it's almost like a little curtain comes aside suddenly and it's usually when we're gathered together worshipping and you suddenly get a glimpse of that person and you suddenly get a little glimpse of somebody before God just like I am who loves him and is worshipping him and you just see a sort of a whole a, a different aspect to that person you know the, well what we were saying you actually begin to see him a little bit with God's eyes and when we're worshipping and when we're mm. praying mm. God's actually, you're allowing him to change us, yeah, to change right. me yeah. as well. And changing our hearts and, yeah. and change. And, and then you find that, you know, you feel differently about other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. So, yes, I think a lot of this, this unity stuff and, and getting on is acknowledging, first of all, that there will be clashes. Mm. There will be friction. Mm. Um, but deciding that, you know, we are family, what we talked about last right. week, yeah. we are family. And I think Keith said, mm -hmm. well, Verity's his daughter. Mm -hmm. And no matter what she does, whether she likes it or not, she's still his daughter. And that mm -hmm. just isn't going to change. Right. If we're in Christ, well, we are brothers, brothers and sisters. sisters. We are related. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, mm -hmm. we are united in that way there is that bond yes um whether we find each other difficult or not that's yeah. irrelevant we are that's right. joined because we're going to be unity. eternity together so we better get used to it now. so let's so yeah so let's work towards mm. trying to to mm. work well and doing what colossians what we've just read doing mm. those things to help us mm. to change ourselves um, and also yeah to live in in unity yes proper unity yes with with each other yes well and and it's very important because it's what jesus actually prayed you know he, he does this last um part of of the account of the um you know the last supper yeah. and, and that that's jesus prayer for them is is that you know um where are I, I do not ask for these only, but for those who, who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, 
so that the world may believe that you have sent me. In other words, it's as they become perfectly one because they're one with him, that actually that is when you begin to see what the kingdom of God is like. And that's, that's which convinces the world, you know, yeah. this, this, is, this is for real. Mm. You know, whereas if they just see everybody warring, well, they're not going to believe it, are they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, there we go. Let's have a look. Are there any notices or messages that have come in just before we um, no, no. Um, finish off? Anna answered before the break. I was supposed to read this bit just before we started the second half, and then I forgot. But Anna said um, that as an example of some of the local unity that's being mm -hmm. seen or expressed, some of the positives, um, that there's the prayer walks that are going on over Lent at the moment together, yes. um, different churches coming together to, to go walk around the town to yes. pray for our town, which is really good. Yes. Well, yes, praying together like that is quite important, isn't it? You know, the getting. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think as well, it's, it's celebrating our differences. Mm. I think trying to try to make everything one homogenous, everything all the same. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. We are different and yeah. you're yes. different to me and I'm different to you. And right. You like different yeah. things and I like different things. Yeah. Same with different churches. Yeah. They're, they're different expressions yeah. with different styles, but actually celebrate yeah. that. But and other churches see the value in it. To each other as opposed to, um, yeah, as opposed to a division thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that we, we're different in the sense that we have different functions and different... Um, well, different parts of the body. And, yeah. 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 No, that's great. Well, thank you for joining us tonight um, as we've been looking at the second chapter of The Prison Letters. Um, if you haven't got a copy, grab yourself one. Um, E-book as well, so um, you can find them wherever books are sold. Uh, the, the, the one main place on the internet, but there are others as well. Um, next week, we'll be back, um, hopefully after you've read through each daily session, because um, we kind of have this on a Friday, so it gives you the whole week to kind of read each little bit, sort of piece by piece. So the theme coming up is spiritual warfare. And when I wrote this, I mean, the obvious verses for spiritual warfare were Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians. And I was, I was quite, I was pleasantly surprised to find that, you know, spiritual warfare is mentioned in some of those other prison other sections as well, in the yeah. other prison letters that also speak about spiritual warfare. So we'll be discussing that next week. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure who's on next week. No, I, I can't It's Clive, but is it me again? Probably. Clive and somebody. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, but w yeah. there will be another discussion next yeah. week here at half seven on our YouTube channel. Um, we'll be discussing spiritual and, warfare. Yeah. And actually, just as a tailpiece on that, this is one of the reasons why unity is so important. Because when you're actually in the battle with the real enemy, if your army is all pulling in different directions and not moving in a unified manner, you have very little chance of winning a battle. Mm. You know, a, an army needs to be together, together, moving and going in the same direction, yes. which is what I think talks about the the final yeah, chapter exactly. of this week's. Yeah. So it's like the end. Section. You know, the the whole point of this week's section leads on to next leads week. on to what happens yeah. next in next week's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, mm -hmm. um, and we do hope to see you back again next week. Thank you for watching.
Bye-bye. Good night.